Welcome to the Never Too Early Fantasy Football Podcast, where it is never too early for fantasy football. My name is Jeff. Alex. As always, thank you for downloading, listening, liking, and commenting on our podcast videos. Please join our community by subscribing to us on the socials. Our handle on all platforms is at N2E Fantasy. We are also available on all major podcasting apps by searching N2E Fantasy. Alex, what do we have on today's show? On this episode of the Never Too Early Fantasy Football Podcast, we are priming up for week 16. So week two of the fantasy playoffs. And we've got some ads, some starts, some sits. Uh, we've got some injury information that we're trying to get the best of and we're going to get started with all of these playoff implication matchups as well so we'll get started with the thursday night matchup the saints at the rams and this certainly seems like they're playing for the seventh playoff spot and it seems like the saints are also competing for the division lead so there's a lot on the line for this one jeff who do you think wins this and who are you starting So I am going to pick the Rams in this matchup because I do think they have more offensive talent than the Saints at this point. But that would be the only differentiator between these two teams for me. In this matchup, I'm going to start Carr, Kamara, Olave if he's playing, and Taysom Hill for the Saints. And then for the Rams, I would be starting Stafford, Williams, Cup, Puka, and potentially even Higby if you are desperate. Alex, who did I miss on this matchup? And I see what you did there. You made me pick first, so you wouldn't let me take your lead on this one. No, it's okay. Uh, in this case, you're safe because I'm, I'm also picking the Rams this week. I just I feel like Stafford is a better quarterback than Derek Carr is, and to me, that makes a big difference. But I think both these running backs are going to be good, and I think that Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup are definitely healthier than Olave. We don't know if Olave is playing yet, so keep an eye on that. That would make the Saints more competitive, but I still give the edge to the Rams. Rams have the more difficult chance at playoffs, so this game means a little bit more to them, whereas New Orleans can still win their division and make it in. Yeah, absolutely. And how surprised are you to say Stafford is doing as well as he is? Because I know you were a little bit of a doubter going into the year. Well, I've liked Stafford for a while it's just the last couple of years it seems like all the injuries he suffered especially to his arm his shoulder and his elbow i feel like he's starting to fall apart and i've been consistent with that the last two or so years that i think is those injuries are wearing on him but he's played very well this year and certainly having another option in addition to cooper has helped and having a running back that's been as effective as he has in kyron williams has helped so Maybe that can extend his career a little bit longer, but I would ideally want him to throw less than 30 times per game just to make sure that he doesn't overuse his arm. That's just how I feel about it. Yeah, and he's 22 short months away from winning the Super Bowl, so there is that as well. So it's it's not so long ago that he was a Super Bowl champion. champion. Yeah, two years seems like 10 years now for <laughs> for him sometimes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we have a Saturday double header, and I'll let you get kicked off with the first one here, Alex, and that is the Bengals at the Steelers. Who are you starting? Who are you sitting? And who you got? I'm not starting a single Steelers quarterback. I don't care who it is. They say it's going to be Mason Rudolph this weekend. Don't care. I think he's probably the worst quarterback on that roster, which I don't know why they haven't moved on from him and upgraded, but they're going to start him. I don't think that really, to me, it downgrades the running back position downgrades the receiver position for the Steelers. So it's risky playing Harris. It's risky playing Warren. It's risky playing Deontay Johnson or Pickens or Fryermuth. Those guys are low end now. So 
to me, Dante Johnson and Pickens are wide receiver fours. I think that Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are bottom tier RB2s, maybe even RB3s. So I wouldn't feel safe starting them this week. And I'm going to go Bengals, which to me is kind of funny. that I think Chase might be out. Browning is still the starter with Burrow out for this whole rest of the season. Uh, Mixon, I'm firing up Mixon every week. I think he's the best option that they have besides Chase. But I would also fire up Boyd and Higgins because I do think that Chase is out this week. But give me the Bengals. Yeah, I do believe that to be the case as well. I feel a little bit more safe with Fryermuth this week because I do believe Rudolph is going to target somebody frequently, and I think Fryermuth is the most likely there. But this matchup is a toss-up, unfortunately, and the Bengals did lose the first matchup that Browning started against Pickett. And I think because of the little bit of a downgrade with Rudolph, I am going to go the Bengals in this matchup as well. So we have another agreeance there, and uh, we have... Um, I'm a little bit higher on the two running backs than you are because someone's going to have to do something in this matchup. But uh, we get kind of a dud divisional matchup where I don't expect either of these teams to make the playoffs early on Saturday. But then we get the surging Bills at the Chargers also on Saturday. Alex, you want to break down this matchup for us? Sure. I I think the Bills are going to wallop the Chargers. I know that last episode you thought that this could be a trap game. I just don't see, even if the Bills struggle, I don't see them losing to the Chargers at all at this point. Chargers really have nothing to play for. They're eliminated from playoffs. And I don't know if Keenan Allen's even going to play this this week. So that would mean that Palmer is likely your best bet as a receiving option for the Chargers for fantasy. I don't know if I feel like I can trust Eckler. I feel like Eckler is the desperation flex play. I don't feel like I can trust him at all. But I'm starting Josh Allen unless I have another top tier option to start over him starting James Cook every week and I think he is by far a uh, top option at RB1 and I think that before the season started Jeff would have disagreed with me on that but now he's seen the light and Diggs I think is a wide receiver too I know he hasn't performed as much as we'd want but I still would value him there and Kincaid I don't know what's going on with him specifically but I would view him more as a tight end too this week. Just see if they go back to passing a lot more, if they're going to stick with the ground game. To me, Davis is <laughs> a desperation play behind all those, for sure. I'm sure you would agree with that, but yeah, for sure. we don't know. Are, are they going to pass more than they did last week, or not? And if they do, then any of these guys are fair game. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance that they dominate the Chargers, and there isn't a isn't really a matchup here so Allen throws the ball even less than last week and that makes davis and shakir basically disappear but you kind of have to throw a dart throw on Diggs, probably even kincaid still at this point because i do believe kincaid's the better of the two tight ends over Knox. but i have a lineup matchup as you know like a lineup decision to make in a matchup of josh allen versus dak prescott and i'm heavily leaning dak prescott this week because I don't know how competitive this matchup will be, and I don't know how many of the competitive juices of Josh Allen will be flowing in this particular matchup. For those of you out there who don't know, Jeff has PTSD from playing Josh Allen against me in the championship, and the DeMar Hamlin thing happened, and he ended up in a losing position. And uh, he's never gotten over that. So he only will play 
the other quarterback on his roster against me. <laughs> he just won't play Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen's probably the better play, just at least for his ground game. It's just tough. It's pretty tough. My team's in the playoffs we- again, so and I get to for redemption this week. I know. I just feel like when you have two top tier fantasy quarterbacks, it feels like you risk starting the wrong one every week. I think that's pretty tough. I just think the embarrassing loss that the Cowboys have leans me a little bit more towards Dak, but uh, and I think that the Dolphins' offense could make it a game too. So, just an interesting little conundrum there. But uh, did you mention who you would start for the Chargers? Pretty much nobody. Uh, only Palmer. Palmer's really the only one I'd consider starting. I would start Keenan if he plays, surprisingly. And then Eckler might be a desperation throw. Running back's a wasteland right now after a certain point, and you may not have an option outside of Eckler. So, <laughs> Godspeed to everybody. Now, we move on to the Christmas Eve games. So, Sunday has a semi-full slate of games. And hopefully everyone's enjoying Christmas Eve with their family this Sunday. But in the midst of that, watch some Red Zone. And enjoy some football as well. But we got the Browns at the Texans leading off Sunday. Alex, who are you starting in this matchup? Because I know it's your team versus the Browns. Do you expect Stroud to return? And if so, do they win? I would hope that Stroud would return. It's tough, man. Um, I would start Singletary at this point, and that hurts me to say it, just because Jeff's, Jeff will be so smug about it. But uh, I expect, I hope Collins is back as well. I hope Stroud and Collins are both back. I think that would make it more competitive. And if I knew for sure, maybe I would go the Texans. But I think the Browns have been pretty hot of late. And I know that they had they struggled last week. But I think I'm going to pick the Browns this one. Like I said, if you told me right now Stroud is 100% healthy, ready to go. Collins is 100%, 100% ready to go. Maybe I'd lean Texans. But I'm going Browns. Yeah, I don't think either. I don't think 100% ready to go is going to be in the equation for either of them. I think Stroud's going to be up against the timeline to try to get activated and or to get fully healthy and cleared from concussion protocol for this game. Collins will probably be up against the wire too to coming back from his injury. And then obviously in that case, you can start Brown and Schultz, but I probably only want one Texans wide receiver here. So if Collins plays, I probably swap out Brown for Collins and I'll leave Schultz in as well. But I do believe Singletary will get 20 carries again this week. So he will see volume. But uh, I do think going forward, Njoku and Cooper are set it and forget it. In our matchup this week, I do have Cooper and Njoku. And, but do I start Njoku or do I start Hawkinson? That's a 50-50 toss-up for me at this exact moment. But we're going to both go the Browns in this matchup. So, But speaking of Hawkinson, next up is the Lions at the Vikings. This is also a Sunday matchup. Um, in this particular matchup, I'll start by breaking it down because I made you break down the, the last few I'm going to start Goff, Gibbs, Montgomery, St. Brown, Laporta from the Lions. And I believe Laporta now is going to be a top three, top four fantasy tight end in 2024. He might be a guy worth taking a stab on earlier than 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 not. He may be the next Kelsey in the making, just as far as fantasy points and stats that he puts up. So I, I'm aware of that on the side here. Now, for the Vikings, I'm going to start Chandler. If there's no Madison, which hopefully there's no Madison because Chandler looked really good this last week. I will be starting Jefferson, Addison, and Hawkinson as well. But uh, Hawkinson, I I think at least one of them are going to be disappointed going out of this week because Mullins is going to be drawing the start again. And because of that, in this matchup, I'm going to take the Lions, which I'm on a little bit of a a road team streak right now. 
who you got, Alex, and who did I miss here starting? I'm also going to take the Lions in this one. As far as starting, I think that you pretty much nailed it. I don't think that we can trust Mullins as a starting quarterback in this week. So I don't think really anyone that they plug out there at Minnesota is starting caliber anymore. And I think they're just really awaiting Kirk Cousins' return next year. But give me the Lions this week. And I, I don't feel I don't feel risky about it. Maybe I'll jinx myself there, but it should be another indoor matchup. So Goff should be able to handle it. Add that to another thing that you never thought you would say in 2023, the Vikings waiting for Cousins to return to them. <laughs> so just uh, I think that they've realized what they're missing now and they're going to want him back for next year to feed both Jefferson and Addison and Hawkinson. All the sons, Cousins and sons returns next year. Yep. Okay, we can move on now to the Packers at the Panthers. And Panthers picking up their second win last week. Jeff, do they pick up their third in this one? I mean, I think they got a shot in this matchup because we do know that the Packers can play down to anybody. Panthers defense has been playing better as of late, and Love has been struggling three of the last four games. So, but I'm still going to start Love. I would start Aaron Jones now that he's one week removed from missing several games. Uh, Christian Watson, if he's playing and all the other pass catchers of the Packers at the owner's own risk. So I wouldn't be starting them if I have more sure options, but they're dart throws at this point. And that's Dobbs, Reed, Wicks and uh, Kraft at this point. And for the Panthers, I'm starting Hubbard because he does seem to be the one getting all the work. And if I needed a dart throw at running or at wide receiver, it would be Thielen or Mingo there. But give me the Packers in this matchup. Alex, who you got and who did I miss in this matchup? Oh, boy. I'm going Green Bay, but it's narrower than I thought. I just don't think that Carolina can really put up double-digit points at this point, or at least they struggle to. And I think that's really the difference here, because otherwise I think the defenses are pretty comparable. Uh, as far as Packers receiving options, I feel like at this point, Reed is, is an every-week kind of wide receiver three. And I'm even considering playing him over Keenan Allen, even if Keenan Allen is healthy. Or not healthy, but they activate him this week. It's because he seems like he's struggling of late. And uh, I think Reed is a threat on both the receiving and rushing because they've used him kind of like as a Debo Samuel a little bit. So I, I think I'm, I would consider him a strong wide receiver three, and I would potentially play him over some, some fading stars a little bit. But the Adam Thielen's really the only one. Adam Thielen and Hubbard on the Panthers are really the only ones I'd consider starting. All right. Another agreeance there, sir. All right. All right. Moving on to the Colts at the Falcons. It's who you starting, sitting, and who you got in this matchup. I think we might have a difference here. Yeah, we're gonna we're most likely gonna have a difference here. I think that the Falcons making the switch from Ritter back to Heineke is a fortuitous decision. I think Heineke's the better game manager between the two of them. I don't think he would make the same kind of boneheaded plays in the red zone that Ritter has this season. And I think that the Colts are very vulnerable uh, from the rushing defensive stat, uh, point standpoint there. So I am going to go the Falcons in this one. I think the, I think the Falcons edge out the Colts in some key categories for this matchup. And I know Arthur Smith is fighting for his coaching job. So I, I think that he, they still have a chance to win their division. They're going to try to go out as hard as they can. And I think that they'll beat the Colts. I would start. Pittman in this week. I would start uh, Bijan this week. I would start 
London as a wide receiver three. I would start Pitts as a low tight end one, high tight end two. Um, maybe I would start if, if uh, Taylor is out Don't say and it. Moss is out. I would potentially start Sermon. Oh my God, Sermon as a running back this week, probably running back two. I don't know how often you'll be able to say that, but uh, do you like him maybe, or Goodson more? I mean, they're almost they're so close. They're about the yeah. same, but I think I think Sermon's a little bit better. But both of them, you can pick up both of them and potentially start them this week. Jeff, who are you picking? I am going to go with the Colts in this matchup, and I'm going to say start all Falcons at your own risk. I don't have faith in either of these quarterbacks, and it's going to be Heineke this week getting Bijan, London, and Pitts the ball. Um, And that's painful to say, but um, yeah. And then obviously the Falcons haven't been that great this year, so I would definitely have no problem starting Minshew or whatever running back is playing for the Colts as well. And then we have to watch Pittman returning from the concussion as well. I know you mentioned that you would start him. I do expect him to play, but obviously concussion protocol can be a little bit wacky as you get down towards the end. So Alex, you went with who in this matchup? I went with the Falcons. And if Pittman no. doesn't play, if Pittman doesn't play, I don't I don't see how um the Colts start can win Josh this Jones. Out. Start Josh Maybe. Jones then. I thought after pitch you were gonna say that you would give Johnny Smith a start. And I was gonna be like, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say <laughs> it. Say. Johnny Smith is only successful in Arthur Smith's systems. Like that, those were his best years at Tennessee. Those are his best years in, in his career. But yeah, the receiving options, it's tough. It's tough. But I think Bijan bounces back. I think this is the perfect week for it. I'm on a six-team road pick streak here. So I, I guess I need to continue that here moving forward. And that matchup, the next matchup is the Seahawks at the Titans. Who you starting? Who you sitting in this matchup? And who you picking in this matchup? Which I can guess pretty handedly. What you know, I was gonna pick the Titans. Yep, I'm just. Kidding. I already wrote it yeah. down. Yeah, we we both know I'm picking the Seahawks for this one. I I just think the Titans are done. Um, stick a fork in them. It's over for them. I think whoever ends up starting for the Seahawks, which it looks like it's gonna be Geno, I, I think that you basically start all the options there. You start Kenneth Walker. You start Geno. You start. DK Metcalf, you can put in Lockett as a wide receiver three or flex. You can put JSN in the same spot. I think that's fair. You can even put Charbonnet in as a flex or RB3, depending on your league settings. So I would consider any of those guys. For the Titans, it's a little bit more difficult. I think that you can still consider Hopkins. I don't. Uh, Henry, I would think that you could still consider him as an option. They may move on to Ty J Spears because he's better in the receiving game. And they may be playing from behind, but give me Seattle in this one. And Jeff, who you got in this and where do you differ? Uh, I would definitely start Henry in this matchup because I don't know if you're going to have a much better option than Derrick Henry. But I am also going to go the Seahawks in this matchup. I do fully expect Geno to play and start this week. Uh, he was active for the game against the Eagles, but uh, we didn't know who was starting until a few minutes before game time which i don't understand why more teams don't do that but this this brings up my road pick streak to seven straight games here and then we um anything else to wrap up this matchup oh i think that's it and we can move on to your eighth road team in a row let's start with (laughs) washington the what's it's against the new york jets who are we even playing in this matchup yeah, I mean, this could be the last few games to call them the Commanders because I do fully expect the ownership team to revisit the name this 
year. And uh, I would start Brian Robinson if he's playing. I would not touch another Washington running back in this matchup. So Gibson and um, Chris Rodriguez, I would not touch. Uh, McLaurin, Samuel Thomas are probably pretty safe starts. I don't even know who's going to be the quarterback for Washington this week right now. I believe that they should, if they want to win this game, it should be Brissett. But I don't know if they gain any value out of winning this game and not throwing Howell out there uh, after a down week last week to see if he can't rebound. But let's be clear that Howell is the most hit and sacked quarterback in the league. So the fact that he's wearing down and doing worse down the stretch doesn't mean that his career's over, that he can't rebound next year. It just, it, it, he just might be beat down at this point and it might be time for them to retool and refocus around him. So I don't know what that means per se, but uh, if it were up to me, I would be starting Howell because he's the the potential future and you need to know what you have right now. The Jets, you can start Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. Um, still don't know who the quarterback's going to be there. Zach Wilson's also battling an injury and trying to come back from it for this game. So I would rather Zach Wilson over Trevor Simeon in this matchup. But we're at this point in the season where we're talking Zach Wilson and Trevor Simeon. In this matchup, give me the Jets. Wow, you deviated a little bit here. I thought you might go Washington. I had to meditate on it for a second, but Jets came to my mind. I'm also going Jets in this one, and I'm kind of avoiding everyone in this matchup. It's going to be hard to do, but... Yeah. I love me some Brian Robinson. He is probably a second-round pick next year, and this injury might bump him down a round or two, and you could get some good value for him in 2024, so... I love I love me some good value players, and you always I I always say that you should zig while the other person's zagging. So this is kind of how we will see that. All right, so we have another Sunday matchup here between the Jaguars and the Buccaneers. Alex, who are you starting, sitting, and uh, got in this matchup? Well, I'm considering starting Baker Mayfield in this matchup. I don't think Lawrence ends up playing, so. You can roll the dice on that if you want to, but I wouldn't start Lawrence even if he was playing. Um, I think you can start White and ETN, Evans and Godwin for the Buccaneers. I think Ridley is a wide receiver three with upside. Ingram is a good tight end option, and Otten is a good tight end option. I think this might be a Parker Washington week, but it just depends on how well the backup quarterback plays for the Jaguars. But give me the Buccaneers in this matchup. Wow. Wow. Um, I see the Jaguars coming out, and I, 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 if it's C.J. Beathard playing for the Jaguars, I don't see this game going very well for the Jaguars. Given the concussions have typically put players out a week this year, at least more so than usual, I'm going to go with the assumption that Lawrence doesn't play, but I'm still okay with starting ETN, Ridley, and Ingram because I think they'll still be fed and used quite considerably. But uh, uh, give me the Buccaneers in this matchup as well. All right. And I'll just say, Jeff, that I'm just looking at ETN and White side by side. White's actually been a little bit more efficient, and they're about the same on all their stats. I don't know if you saw that, but White's been a little bit more efficient. Hey, uh, you were down on both of them, so I don't know if this is like a good thing or a bad thing for this year because you were a little bit down on both of them going into this year. Well... White's averaging 3.8 yards per carry, and ETN's averaging 3.7 yards per carry. Both of those are below what I thought that they would do. 
Um, so they're not, they've not been very efficient. They've just been workhorse backs, which I don't think is necessarily suited towards their body types or, or skill sets, but they've done well for fantasy owners, just racking up yardage and, uh, and points. So that's all we want. That is okay. all we want. And now we can move on to the Cardinals at the bears. Who are you sitting and starting in this matchup? I'm going to start Justin Fields in this matchup. Probably Kyler Murray, too. Although I feel like the Bears' defense is pretty solid. So I don't really like Kyler that much. But you got to consider any quarterback that has legs and can run around and get rushing stats. Let's see. I would start Moore, uh, DJ Moore with the Bears. I would start McBride with the Cardinals. Komet with the Bears. That's really the safest options receiving-wise. But Arizona, I'd also start James Conner every week. And I think that the Chicago Bears are going to win this one. Jeff, who do you have in your oh, miss? I'm differing on you on this one. I'm going to go the away team again. I'm going back to my away teams, and I'm going to go the Cardinals in this matchup. If the Cardinals win this matchup, this is it for Fields, the coaching staff, everything. Like This is where it crumbles and falls apart right here if they lose to the Cardinals that are a couple of pick slots ahead of them. The one advantage that the Bears have losing this is this could actually move their pick up to number four, so they could end up with pick one and pick four at the end of this week going into next year. And in a weird way, you could also get picks for Justin Fields as well. In a weird way, that makes it a very attractive coaching gig that we're not really talking about going into 2024. And uh, if a head coach wants to put their mark on a franchise, this might be a franchise to take over and uh, use those picks to do good and uh, rebuild the team. But give me the give me the Cardinals in this one, and I don't feel great about it, but uh, this should be a fun game to watch. All right. Well, let's move on to another difficult one to choose, and that's going to be the Cowboys at the Dolphins. Both of these teams have kind of struggled against good teams on the road, and Cowboys in particular have struggled on the road in general, whereas the Dolphins pretty much struggle against playoff caliber teams. One of those has to give this week. And who do you have that being, Jeff? So I am going to go Dallas in this game. So this will be so this is my game 1B alert. So this will be the runner-up to the game of the week. Um, but in this matchup, I'm going to start everyone that I can. So I'm going to start Dak, Pollard, Lamb, Cooks, Ferguson from Dallas, and Tua, Mosert, Achan, Hill if he's playing, and Waddle from the Dolphins. Um, Achan, obviously, I'm a little bit less confident on because I do believe that they're relying on Mosert a lot more lately, which is fine because Achan's in his rookie year. So why not run more on the veteran and kind of save Achan for, for year two at this point? Um, but give me the Cowboys in this matchup. They're coming off of a humiliation against the Bills, and the Dolphins are coming off of a blowout win against the Jets. The Dolphins also have not beaten a solid team at all this year. All of their wins have come against like the Raiders and the Broncos when they were struggling early in the year. Two wins against the Patriots, two wins against the Jets. So go ahead and give me the Cowboys in this matchup. Alex, are you going with me or against me in this one? Oh, man. I really wanted to find a way to pick the Dolphins, but I agree with you that I think it's going to be the Cowboys this week. The only way I can see the Dolphins winning is if they get ahead early. I think it'd be hard for the Cowboys to, to catch up. But despite the fact that there's a lot of stats that line up with each other, I think the Cowboys are the better team. As far as who we're playing this week, I think we're going to play virtually everyone. So going to play probably Dak. Consider playing Tua. I would say Tua is more of a QB, too. Um, we'd play Mostert, Achan, maybe Pollard, although 
Miami's done good against running backs. Uh, if Tyreek Hill plays, then putting Tyreek Hill and Waddle both out there, putting C.D. Lamb out every week, you're considering Ferguson as a tight end one, maybe Cooks as a flex play, wide receiver three slash four. Uh, that's pretty much it for me. But like I said, we we both got Dallas in this one. All right. So we can move on to another sun- the last Sunday matchup, and this will be Sunday night, and it's the Patriots at the Broncos. Who are you starting? Who are you sitting? And who do you have in this matchup? Oh, boy. I don't think this is going to be a pretty matchup. I think most people think Denver's going to win it handedly. I think Denver probably wins it just barely. And as far as who I would start, I mean, I'd start Hunter Henry for the Patriots. I would consider Russell Wilson as a QB2. I would consider Javante Williams as a RB2, RB3 type player. Maybe Cortland Sutton as a wide receiver three. I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, Jerry Judy's a desperation play for me. I think Zappy is a desperation play. We Elliot might be might be a flex play. Stevenson, maybe he's back, maybe he's not. If he's back, then I would consider playing him as, as an RB two. Uh, I'm going Denver, but I think they barely edge out New England in this one. Jeff, who do you have and who did I miss? I think the Broncos play angry in this matchup, and they do end up winning the matchup. Um, but the Broncos' run defense hasn't been great lately, so that's why I would start Stevenson if he's playing and Zeke if he's not, and I probably wouldn't look back on that one. But uh, we are in agreement on the Broncos in this matchup. I do love the fact that it's in mile high. I don't know if that's what it, the stadium's called anymore, but I'll always refer to it as mile high. And I do believe that Russ could have a bounce back game after the lashing that he got on the sideline last week. And then a dart throw at wide receiver. And I know folks need those. Demario Douglas guy has talent. So they do have a talented wide receiver entering 2024. So we'll see who's throwing him the ball in 2024. Cause I don't believe Zappy Mac Jones will be on the roster in 2024. If I had to make a guess. So going to go the Broncos to agree with you and we can head on to our Monday triple header. Okay. So we can go with the first matchup and that is the Raiders at the Chiefs and this one we're going to be starting who do we start in this one? If Kelsey's healthy, we're going to start Kelsey. We're going to start Rice, which is good for you, Jeff. Um if Pacheco plays, we'll play Pacheco. If Josh Jacobs plays, we'll play Josh Jacobs, but we'll put out Devontae Adams. We'll put out potentially Zamir White if Jacobs is out. We'll put out Jacoby Myers. I mean, that's pretty much it. As far as who I think is going to win this one, I think it's going to be a pretty close matchup, which is hilarious because one has uh, Patrick Mahomes. But I'm going to go Kansas City in this one. Jeff, who do you got? Who did I miss? I think this matchup will be a blowout on the Chiefs side. I think this will be the matchup where the Chiefs get right as they head into the playoffs. Raiders come back down to earth after they played a Herbert-less Chargers. And I don't know if you noticed the Chargers last week, they fumbled the ball like five, six, seven times. And they just didn't seem interested in playing the game. And I don't think that'll be the case with the Chiefs here on Monday afternoon, which will be a Christmas game. So Merry Christmas to all of our followers and listeners here. Um, but Pacheco will return, so that kind of makes McKinnon a desperate play. I don't believe he'll throw for another touchdown this week. And you mentioned Kelsey being 100%. I don't think he'll be 100% this entire year. I think that that knee injury was a lot more uh, painful than he let on, and he only missed one week to begin the season. So 
And then he also had the ankle right after that. So I just feel like he's been battling lower leg injuries the entire season. And uh, maybe that is part of aging, or maybe that's a one-year aberration, and we have to kind of see next year. But give me the Chiefs also in this matchup. Okay. Well, we can move on to the Giants at the Eagles. Jeff, do the Giants upset the struggling Eagles? So I would have a week ago predicted the Giants to win. But now that I've seen what DeVito can do on the poor side, I am leaning more towards no. So I'm going to go the Eagles in this matchup. For the Giants, I'm going to start Barkley and not feel great about it. I know we talked about this offline. Like he's, uh, If I can stay away from him, I will. But I don't really see a way to stay away from him because you did use a high draft pick typically a first round pick on Barkley. But as far as the Eagles give me Hertz, give me Swift, and I think Hertz will be better a week away from his illness. Swift appears to be taking re-control of the backfield. Give me AJ Brown, give me Devonta Smith, and give me Dallas Goddard as well. Um, Yeah, so more fantasy players equal a win in my opinion, so give me the Eagles. I agree with all your, your starts, and I'm also taking the Eagles. So we can move on to the Baltimore and San Francisco game. And these are two 11 and 3 teams, two first seed teams, two very, very loaded, talented teams. So I'm curious, Jeff, who are you taking in this matchup? So I believe I would have took the home team in this matchup, regardless of who the home team was. So I will give San Francisco the nod in this matchup because of that. Um, I believe Baltimore unless they screw everything up down the stretch here is going to be the one seed in the AFC. I do believe San Francisco is going to be the one seed in the NFC. They probably won't face off each other against each other in the Super Bowl because that rarely ever happens where you get one seed versus one seed. But if I'm Baltimore, I'm kind of going to be using this matchup to see what works and doesn't work against San Francisco. And I know I've said this offline to you, like I would almost not take this matchup super seriously um, and just try to figure out what works and doesn't work against San Francisco, because this was the one opponent that I think Baltimore could struggle with in the Super Bowl. So if they could figure out something or two things that work in this matchup to kind of game plan for that potential Super Bowl rematch, that would be a huge win for Baltimore. I think losing Keaton Mitchell was a huge loss for Baltimore because I think he just added a different element of this offense that doesn't exist anymore. Like Edwards is not that, but I'm going to start Lamar Edwards as as well. Um, Flowers, OBJ, likely. I think likely is becoming a top 12 fantasy option down the stretch at tight end, which is amazing because we thought that he was going to be that at one point when he was drafted two or three years ago. And then we have on the 49ers side, we have Purdy, CMC, Devo, Ayuk, and Kittle for me. Alex, who are you taking in this matchup? And uh, anyone that I missed that you would start? No, I'm pretty much taking the the same guys. And I'm also taking San Francisco in this one. I just think San Francisco is better all around, a more complete team, uh, the slightly better defense. And I, I do think that Lamar Jackson's better than Purdy at this point, but I think Purdy is perfect for this system. And uh, they're also at home, so definitely going 49ers in this matchup. Could be an MVP bowl as well. Like, yeah, uh, it could. A little bit of a showcase. All right. Oh, are we going to do our updated playoffs? Yes, sir. I'm ready if you are. All right. How about I start with the AFC, you start with the NFC? Roger Dodger. Okay. So I have basically the almost exact same as last week. I still have Baltimore at first with a 13-4 and four record. I have Kansas City second with a 12-5 and five record. I have Buffalo as the third seed with an 11-6 and six record. I have Jacksonville still squeaking out the fourth division title. 
with a 10 and 7 record. I have Cleveland with the fifth seed at a 12 and 5 record. Miami, the sixth seed with a 10 and 7 record. And the Houston Texans getting the seventh seed with a 10 and 7 record. Jeff, where did I go wrong? Who do you have? Man, you still got Houston in there. So, I mean, obviously that's where we're going to go wrong here. Just kidding. So, I, like you, don't have very many changes from last week. I have Baltimore in the one seed at 13 and 4 still. I have Kansas City at 12 and 5 at the two seed still. I have Jacksonville 11 and 6 at the three seed still. And I have Buffalo at the four seed at 11 and 6 still. Now, this is kind of where some of my changes come into effect here in the wild card teams. Uh, Cleveland moves up to the fifth seed still at 11 6 record. Indy getting a win when I didn't believe that they were going to or that they're going to pick up an extra win because they get 11 and 6 record now. They're going to be the sixth seed. And that all could come down to that last matchup. I think that's the one matchup that I keep teetering on. And that's where he got, they got the extra win was the Texans and the Colts the last week of the season. I keep teetering back and forth on that matchup. I think I might go the Colts in that matchup. Depends who's healthy and available at that point. But I only like the Colts because they're at home. That should be uh, the difference maker in a divisional matchup. And then for my last wildcard spot, this changed. So the fifth seed last week was the Broncos. Broncos losing last week pushed them out and put Miami in at a 10 and 7 record. So matchups week one are Miami at Kansas City, which could be a potential shootout. Tyreek Hill Bowl, if you will. Um, The Colts at the Jaguars, which is a divisional matchup. And then Cleveland at Buffalo which I wouldn't want to play Buffalo at this point. And then obviously Baltimore gets the first round by Alex. I know you want Houston in there, but uh, if, if the Houston wins the last week, they get the seven seed and it moves Miami up to the six seed. So just ran that projection for you really quickly. That's, that's what mine shows. So I have Houston playing Kansas city, Miami playing Buffalo and Cleveland playing Jacksonville. All right. Let's move on to the NFC then, because it doesn't sound like we have too big of a difference in the AFC. So from last week, I have the Niners staying at a 14-3 record and getting the first round by. I now have Philly winning the division at a 13-4 record. Dallas was winning the division last week. But uh, obviously some tiebreakers and changes because they're both at 13-4 records. We'll get to Dallas here in a minute. We have Detroit at 12-5, and and that... um, is an extra win than last week where I had them at 11 and six Uh, Tampa gains an extra win as well, but I still have them at eight and nine records. So they're going to be a losing record in the playoffs. And I have Dallas going to Tampa in week one as the fifth seed. They're going to be 13 and four versus eight and nine Tampa, which is actually pretty funny. I have Seattle at Detroit. So Seattle's a new playoff team. They kicked the giants off of my list. That actually might be a pretty decent game indoors in Detroit. So that is a game that I would be signed up for. I am a little sad that we won't be getting the Rams at Detroit the first week of the playoffs because that would be Stafford versus Goff. And we haven't really had the ending of their story just yet. But that would kind of put a nice little bow on their story when they got swapped two or three seasons ago. And then my last playoff team is Green Bay. They scooped down a win to nine and eight, but they would be going to Philly the first week of the postseason. Alex, who do I have right and who do I have wrong according to you? I have number one, I have San Francisco 14 and 3. I have Dallas number two with a 13 and 4 record. I have Detroit, the three seed with a 12 and 5 record. I have Tampa Bay fourth with a 9 and 8 record. Philadelphia, the five seed with a 12 and 5 record. 
Seattle, the sixth seed, with a 10 and 7 record. And I have the Rams, the seventh seed, with a 9 and 8 record. Ooh, you got the Rams in over the Packers, yep. right? Yep. That is our one difference. Well, I actually have the Packers finishing last in their division. So you have them losing to the Vikings next week, I assume? So I have them losing to the Vikings week 17, and I have them losing to the Bears week 18. Okay. Okay. We will see there. I think the Bears could do well by firing their coach before week 18 because they need to have their eyes set on 2024, and there's no way a coach on his way out the door is going to just to play players that aren't going to win the game and make him look good. All right. Well, I think that does it for this episode of the Never Too Early Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you all for downloading or listening to this episode. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. Please leave us a comment and share the show. Every little bit helps. You can find us on all podcasting apps by searching N2E Fantasy and with our handle at N2E Fantasy on all social media platforms. Please join our community and give us a follow. Until next time, take care of yourselves. And remember, it's truly never too early for fantasy football. Thank you again. Hi, everybody.